Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by our new book called Alignment, How to Get Your People, Strategy, and Culture on the Same Page. And it goes over the strategic planning process and how to build a strategy that your whole team can get bought into. So you can uh, purchase that from smestrategy.net uh, slash alignment book. So I'm really excited to share with you that and today's podcast. And I'm joined by Julie Carbone, who is the Associate Strategy Director of OMD Montreal. And Julie works in the advertising space. And what's neat about her approach to strategy is that uh, not only does she have to execute strategy within her own team, but then she has to execute strategies uh, for her clients. So you get to learn about her experience moving through the different areas of strategy development and what she does to work effectively with her team to generate results. It's a really fun interview. Julie's produced some really amazing results, uh, and I'm excited to share with you uh, that podcast today. So be sure to rate us on your favorite uh, podcast service, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and enjoy today's podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Anthony Taylor here with the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, I'm joined by Julie Carbone, who is the Associate Director of Strategy at OMD Montreal. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, so awesome. Just, er, everything is really good. My voice is coming back. And uh, I was actually not sure if I was going to throw everybody off by doing our interview in French today. But I think today we'll, we'll <laughs> stick with English. What do you think? I think it's a great plan. Excellent. Okay, so let's get right into it. Why don't you tell uh, everybody at home a bit about you, what your day consists of, and what you love most about strategy? Great. Um, so I'm Julie. Um, I've been working in advertising, so in the advertising industry for over seven years now. Um, for those who aren't familiar with agencies, um, we're basically helping out marketing clients with their media solutions, going from uh, the insights all the way to the strategic alignment uh, through execution as well as measurement for all of our clients, whether they be multinational or um, smaller local clients. Um, in my case, so I started off at Cassette Media, which is um, a fairly large uh, advertising agency, and I started there actually as an intern um, and then worked my way through um, as an assistant planner working on research and everything that was analytical. So I would bring insights to the strategic teams um, back then. And then I, I, I transferred on to different agencies such as McCann and PhD, uh, working on very customer-centric clients such as Red Bull, Tourism Montreal. Um, I also worked on National Bank of Canada, or Canada, so a lot of different brands. And now uh, here at OMD, uh, specifically out of the Montreal office, I lead the uh, the planning team for Fido and Rogers media brands, so all the television, radio stations, and publishing brands for Rogers. Um, and yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's about it for the for the workspace. And I also am on a board of directors for La Maison Bleue, which is a nonprofit helping vulnerable women um, with their with their pregnancies and uh, the rest of their their approach to uh, to life that's so amazing I love that yeah. um, <laughs> so I, I love the one thing I love about strategic planning and being able to do what we do is that because we give away so many tools organizations like like yours and, and others around the world 
you know, they're doing so many good things and it's just having that structure in place makes the difference between like stretching their budgets far. So I, I love to see it when people uh, volunteer on boards, especially for, for noble causes. So thank you personally yeah. for that. <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. Awesome. So it sounds like you've done a lot of work at a lot of levels going from, you know, coordinating the high level strategy stuff to being the, the grunt, so to speak, who is uh, responsible for, you know, putting the insights together that create the strategic plan. Can you maybe yeah, exactly. give me like a, a quick synopsis of what it looks like, obviously, within the advertising world and the media world on mm -hmm. the development of strategy like what like how does that get encompassed and created at least at omd or at least in your experience yeah um so strategy is obviously a broad word that a lot of people <laughs> throw around whether you would be in, in consulting or also in advertising the way we approach it is really to look at three things insights ideas and results um Basically, we'll work with uh, different uh, multidisciplinary teams internally, whether it be digital teams, research teams, uh, traditional media teams. And we, we try to find a really um, interesting insight that hasn't been developed yet um, for our clients and, and really um, work our strategic alignment around that, have our media channels that are in line with the objectives that were given from the client. Um, a lot of our retail brands, especially because we're able now with digital to drive so much uh, online, whether it's either e-commerce, um, sales, or even their, just their physical in-store uh, traffic that they want to go get. So we work on the insights, we develop the actual plan um, and how that's going to come to life. And then we actually execute it concretely um, through, through the help of different media partners. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. So, you know, you make sure that the information that you have and the objective that you want are basically everything is aligned as you move forward through execution and then ultimately like measurement of that execution. Is that? Exactly. Cool. Exactly. So within that execution and like getting everybody aligned on that, what would you say are your best practices for, for leading strategy? I think um, it comes down to a couple of things. First off, I think you need to have a proper framework, um, whether it be uh, through specific campaign parameters or client briefings, making sure that you have the right objectives. And evidently, in our case, we work with specific budgets, so that's super important. But to get it from the get-go to have that, that, that planning framework, if we can say, um, making sure that there's no hurdles or, or finding out what the client concern is straight from the beginning is really important. Um, I think there's also the second thing would be um, the proper testing. So obviously we have different kinds of clients, different needs. Um, the, 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 the kind of testing that you have uh, for an auto client or for a telco client or for uh, a retail client might be different. Obviously, we have uh, similar skill sets in the sense that we're all uh, pretty much strategists, but there are different, um, just different background experiences. And, and you see this also in consulting that um, different strategists, because of their experience and their background, um, go towards specific kind of clients. So I think proper casting would be the second thing. And then uh, the third one is just, and I know it sounds cheesy, but maintaining that collaborative um, approach with clients, um, whether it be completely, to be completely transparent in the sense of um, what our concerns are, 
because of let's say that the the campaign brief that they sent us is maybe not what we've set out to have as, as a holistic vision for the year. I'm just giving that example, but um, just having that collaborative um, approach with them makes it so much easier, and it also makes it for the rest of the team internally to feel. Um, you know, to feel that they are, they're able to share that knowledge and, and those insights with different levels of clients. Well, that's a, there was a really good podcast that we did just before this with Alan Devine of, of TELUS, and he was explaining that depending on whatever project you have, um, getting the right, and you, you were, the, the word you used was casting, but, you know, having the right talent on the team or putting the right people in the right places. Yeah. Um, the, it's so important. Yeah, of course, right? Um, and the other thing I find very interesting with your particular role is that when you talk about the collaboration, you not only collaborate like within your organization, like as like the people who are putting the project together, but then you also have to collaborate with like a different stakeholder who is your client to really create yeah. something uh, joint around that. Um, do you Definitely. have any? And there's even our media partners. I would say. Oh, cool. Well, that's. I mean, adding an extra layer, so even better. I mean, yeah. do you have? Like there's obviously no tools to the trade, but you know what would you say is really helpful has helped you in being able to manage and work with effectively your client partners, uh, your media partners, your clients, as well as the team. Is there one sort of uniting force in between all of those? I think there's um, well constant communication. I think is key, especially with our clients, um, making sure that. Um, their needs are, are, are listened to, um, making sure that um, the, the work-back schedule that we had set out uh, to meet is, is still effective. And then in, in terms of um, media partners, I think it's all about bringing them in at the right moment um, and making sure that people aren't working around the clock for a specific project that maybe shouldn't have that much. Um, maybe we should be prioritizing something else. Um, I think it comes down to the specific organizational tools that we help to follow projects ongoing and then um, to give ourselves time for anything that's, that maybe can come down the, the, the pipe last minute. Cool. So, I mean, in that I hear, you know, communication for sure at, at both levels yeah. and then also sort of a transparency to know like when you need to work with them and when it's like maybe not the best service. So you guys can like really make the most of your time. Exactly. Exactly. And telling them when, you know, we're making the impossible happen or, <laughs> Or that it's just impossible to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, that's a perfect segue. So talking about, obviously, you know, your clients expect the world of you. And, and, and as OMD, I'm, I know you deliver it. Um, but yeah. from within your team, when you take those things that you're going to make impossible, how do you create that feeling within your team? And how do you create the culture to get everybody to the difference between we're going to make the impossible happen versus this is impossible and never going to happen. Where's that? Where do you draw that line and, and how do you get people on board to, to see that uh, b before it comes to fruition? Yeah, I think it's, um, and it's, again, might sound a little cliche, but I think it's leading by example in the sense of showing through your behaviors and, and, you know, through the different skills that we've acquired throughout the years, but but showcasing which projects need priority and which projects can wait. Um, there, there's maybe more of uh, examples that I can give you, but I think it's showcasing that the impossible, we can make the impossible happen by collaborating all together um, and saying, you know what, let's maximize our time on this specific project. 
we're going to be tight and just holding hands and, or, you know, using the bad analogy, but just being there together and, and showcasing each step of the way, how we're going to make it happen. And then evidently to, to showcase, um, the ownership that each team member had and how they were able to make the impossible happen, I think is, is the one thing that is important to highlight that accomplishment internally. It also creates some kind of, um, some kind of uh, positive feeling, or it's contagious. It's like a contagious energy that that is that is, that just happens when when that happens. And in the case of times that we can't make it happen, it's it's just to showcase to people that we've done our best. And there's going to be situations that uh, we've done a really great job, and other situations where um, the context just made it impossible, but that will will definitely bring a different solution to the table that is maybe even better than what we initially thought of. Cool. So I think it's about building that culture through through ownership, through freedom, um, and, and showcasing that they have a responsibility. Each and each individual has a responsibility to to bring their skill set to the table and to help each other out. Awesome. So I mean, I definitely want to, that. That's awesome. Which I got the prioritizing, like just making sure that you know you're doing the right things at the right time, leading by example. Yeah. So making sure that everything um, is is done, like shown how you want to do it. So you're you guys are not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. Um, yeah. And then without giving up too much of your secret sauce, because I said I wouldn't do that. Um, can, can you speak <laughs> more to some of the ways that you guys, you know, wh- recognition, being positive? Um, like, what do you do to, to create uh, the feeling of freedom for your people so that they can, like, really take on that ownership and be responsible? I think it's a lot of times, well, I'm, I consider myself more of a macro manager versus a micromanager. And I've, I've always had that in the managers that I've had. It's, it's helped me grow. Sometimes you sort of have to feel that stress or that pressure on yourself just to be able to get out of the water. If you can say, you know, sometimes in advertising, we say you either sink or you swim. Um, And, and I think it's, it's, and and also obviously feeling that I'll I'll back them up no matter what, but if they can sense that, that feeling of ownership to different kinds of projects, um, evidently I'm there to help them and to coach them, but, if they take on that ownership, they're able to present to a specific client and showcase um, how we were able to come up with a really innovative solution. Um, then I think that's how you empower people just by making them feel that purpose and feel that, um, that sense of pride in everything that we do. Um, and, and once, you know, if they're really in the, the hot water or they're getting really, really stressed out, then obviously we step in. But I think, you know, freedom is, is one of the best things and they can even share. It, it lets them open up the conversation to different kinds of solutions. Like maybe something that was out of scope that we would have maybe not seen on a specific, um, you know, strategic output will come out because someone will feel the need to, to, to add on or just still be open enough to, to share uh, a different approach to things that we maybe had not looked at before. Cool. I love that. One of my favorite mm-hmm. quotes is that diamonds are made under pressure. No, I love it. <laughs> so, I totally agree. Yeah, right? So with, with your people, yeah. I get the sense that, you know, you, you give them something and, you know, you, you guys are hiring A players and great team people in the first place and, and doing your job on the outset by, you know, leading and making sure that people have the directions and the structure they need to be successful. But within yeah. that, you just sort of, you let them go and then, but at least they know that they can both 
They have you as support if they need it. And they, you guys have created a space where they're comfortable sharing their challenges because it's not of a place of like weakness. It's just like, Hey, maybe this is a better way to do it. Or, you know, it really, exactly. Adds to it, right. Yeah, exactly. Is there anything that I might've missed within that that you guys are particularly proud of? And that was another thing that stuck out for me is that your employees are proud to do the job. And I'm sure it translates into the result because you know, their name is attached to it at the end of the day, right? Yeah, exactly. Everything, everyone takes pride um, in working on specific projects. We like to share uh, internally also uh, different kinds of campaigns that were were brought into market and that had really great results. And we also have awards in our industry, um, a little bit like the Oscars for the movies, but um, we have the, the Cannes Lions or the Nias or the Strategy Awards. So awards that are... When we win awards, evidently, uh, there's another set of, of pride that kicks in as well. Um, but I, I think it's just sensing pride comes also with the feeling of a great team and, and we're working towards um, a common goal. Uh, and I think our clients feel that as well. Awesome. So, yeah, the, the recognition and basically acknowledging people for when they do great work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and am I not mistaken? Did you get recognized for a, a pretty significant milestone recently? Yes, I uh, I won uh, the thirty under thirty um, category of game changers in uh, in the province of Quebec in Woo. our industry. Woo! So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice uh, recognition. Way to go! Well, I did, I you know if anybody else gets to, a chance to look her up, uh, look Julie's profile up. She's done a lot of cool stuff and. Uh, yeah, well, well deserved. So, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Awesome. So, um, so we talked about some of the culture stuff. We talked about some of the good stuff to do. Um, what are some of the things that you like that a manager or a leader, either working with their team or working with their clients, basically just overall executing strategy? What are some of the things that they shouldn't do, and what are some of the risks to avoid as part of that process? Um, it's a very good question, and I thought about it for a while before. <laughs> um, I think one of the risks, um, well, in, in teams, I think the risk is that, um, and it happens not necessarily here, but I've seen it in the past that, you know, you have some team members who want to outshine the other one, so they're trying to present their their strategic approach, and then you have too many, uh, too many stakeholders at the table trying to um, change the the output or the solution that's being brought to a client. Um, so I think in, in those cases, it's just a matter of setting expectations and clear ownership of who does what. So I think that that's maybe one internally. Um, another one would be to avoid um, not having the proper briefing in our case in advertising. So we get briefs from clients. Obviously, sometimes there can be changes along the way, and um, there's, especially in, in certain industries, it's very reactive because you're following, you know, competitive uh, pricings in the market, so you really have to, to react on the spot and maybe sometimes within 24 hours, so evidently your objectives uh, change. But I think starting a, a, a long uh a long planning process usually consists of having the right information from the get-go. Uh, I think if not, you know, sometimes you have different stakeholders coming in, giving different objectives or different um, a different vision of what you thought was the actual, uh, you know, campaign alignment. 
So I, I think just being clear from the start um, with your clients and being transparent and saying this this won't be able to, you know, we won't be able to deliver on time or your objectives actually don't make sense just compared to last year's results. You know, it's let's try to find a win-win and make make the make our solution come to life in a, in a better form. Uh, so I, I would say that would be uh, a second thing and. Probably the third thing, as just as a strategist and and working sometimes working long hours on a specific, you know, uh, media strategy, uh, you can tend to to overthink or think of another think of another alignment or just just doubt the approach that is being presented. So um, I would say that maybe just trust your instincts. Like it's. You know, it's one thing to to avoid of just constantly overthinking things. I think once you have a good alignment, just stick to it and and go all in. Because if not, you're going to get lost in your thoughts. <laughs> okay, there we go. I I took I took stay focused from that, and the first thing that I, that came to my mind was like, oh, I never overthink anything these days. Um, but who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that something that came up for me, like obviously the clear ownership. Um, you know, who is responsible for what and like, where does the buck stop with people? Um, mm-hmm. And then that, that goes back to that information, and that, that clarity. That's actually one of the number one reasons uh, Harvard Business Review found that strategic plans don't get implemented is because there's not enough uh, decision-making rules. Nobody knows yeah. who's responsible for what. Um, and, you know, the right information. If you're creating a strategy and, you know, a strategic plan, your whole team needs to know who, like, what's going on because they're making their decisions on that plan. And if you just start, like, changing directions like the wind, then you're going to just go all over the place. And I'm sure, Julian, not not where you are right now, but in the past, I'm sure you, you probably run into the odd manager who might change their mind uh, a few times per day and it, and it throws off the whole thing. Yeah, no, definitely. And sometimes it can be one information coming from a specific stakeholder and, and it can even be on the client side and then someone will be working on that specific alignment and then finally that's, that's not even accurate anymore. So you follow, you know, you have to just derail and, and go in another direction, but which is fine. I mean, it's also part of the planning process, but clear ownership. And, and I agree with that, that HBR uh, review uh, that, uh, that it, it's key because if not, get full of different information from different people and it's just, just better to set it straight from the get-go. Absolutely. And for, and for like, obviously everybody listening, you got to make sure that everybody on your management team is on the same page with your strategy. Because if they hear one thing from one person and one thing from another person, they're not going to know who to believe and they're not going to do any work. Like they worse than doing one thing wrong. They're just going to do sure. what hurts the, the least and they're not going to do anything because if they don't do anything, then they're not going to get in trouble Versus trying to do one thing or the other, so um, yeah, you got to leave that strategy meeting, that strategic planning session, aligned and clear on how you're communicating. No, no broken telephone there. Definitely, who's going to be communicating it is another thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, so not too many chefs in the kitchen was was the other thing exactly. That I, that I wrote or the you. proper chefs in the kitchen. Or the proper chefs. So there we go. Um, cool. So within all of that stuff, I mean, how do we, how do, how do you, um, align strategy and performance? Obviously you have like the strategy, the planning part, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the rubber hits the road, you got to execute. So what are some of the things that you do? Um, you got the culture piece, you got the communication piece, you got the, like mm-hmm. getting people pride. What else is there to make sure that that performance ties in with the strategy? Yeah. 
I would say, um, and in our case, so in, in media performance is also it's execution, but it's also for our clients, um, everything that's conversion based. So making that sale or that direct sale, um, for a lot of our retail clients, if I can say. So in our case, strategy and performance is always, almost always hand in hand. Um, there's a lot of knowledge sharing between the teams, despite different kinds of client structures or even, um, different accounts. Um, so we really try to make it, um, that, that, that strategy and performance work well together because at the end of the day, uh, the results will dictate if you had the proper solution in place or what you could have optimized to better that, um, you know, that strategic alignment. Um, and then evidently from a media perspective, some, from an advertising perspective, we also have actual tools, so actual dashboards, um, to work with. Um, especially on the digital side, so a whole data infrastructure that we're able to um, to use for our learnings and to make sure that each campaign um, was properly thought out. And um, we work with the strategy team, works with the performance team, and we analyze uh, the learnings from an on an ongoing basis um, for our clients. So I would say it's how we align them is they're already aligned in a sense. Um, but, uh, and usually a lot of the times internally, some of our teams work on strategy, but they also actually execute. So it makes it even more seamless for the execution to be flawless, <laughs> um, in the sense that they know exactly what was planned, what was worked on with different media partners and how it's being executed. Um, and then to come up with the learnings is ever more, um, insightful just because you were there from the start. Um, so you're able to present it properly to a client and uh, it, it's just really enriching of an experience, if we could say that. Yeah, that makes sense. So like the Sorry, whole process. Sometimes I'm trying to translate my French to English, so I have that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got it. Well, I mean, I, I took two things from that one. Like because of the just the nature of your business, you everything is, is KPIs and metrics. Um, exactly. So making sure that the right strategy, the right measurements will lead to the right strategy. Um, I, I'm just finishing up. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if you, you can measure revenue like multiple different ways, you could do top line revenue, bottom line revenue. Um, you could measure like revenue per customer or like lifetime revenue. And so they yeah. all will take different tactics to put in place. Right. Definitely. And then the other piece I got from that, that I see so prevalent is that when management teams get together to do the strategy and say, here's our strategy. And then they tell it to everybody else in the organization. Then they're the ones on the ground that are implementing it. Then there's totally a disconnect because they weren't in the room, like where it happened. So they have no idea. How did you get from here to here? Um, but when you have the people that are actually responsible for creating the strategy and executing the strategy, then that's when the alignment is present. Um, exactly. And, 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 Oh, for all of our clients, usually the people who are actually executing are also present in, in most of the discussions. Um, so it, it helps. Um, it just, I find it, it's better for everyone and even for our media partners just to be brief afterwards because they come down pretty much at the end of the funnel, as we can say. Um, so being clear on, on everything, on objectives and on our alignment and what it takes to, to make the, the strategy work. Um, we have to also brief the, our vendors on that as well. Yeah, so you guys have like obviously communication within all of that and then making sure that you have the right inputs, the right information to create the right strategy at all levels and then you share those learnings however you can, right? 
Exactly. And then there's different learnings depending on, you know, who who we're talking to as well from on the, the client side as well. So that's also an interesting uh, notion. Excellent. Cool. That That's awesome. And definitely shows how you guys can actually, you know, convert those budgets into like actionable results. And everybody knows like what that end result is. What is the vision of doing this strategy in the first exactly. place? Exactly. Oh. Attributing it to specific channels uh, is one way we, we go about it as well. Cool. So um, as we wrap up here, is there anything else that you would recommend to like a CEO or a top level manager or even a middle manager who's responsible for, for leading strategy with their teams so that they can be as successful, um, successful as possible? I think, I mean, for sure, uh, I'm not a CEO, but um, in terms of clients, uh, that we deal with, whether it be clients or, or like you said, it could also be for a, a middle manager. I think it's to, and, and I know we say it a lot and a lot of conferences talk about it, but just continue to challenge yourselves and continue to challenge the industry in which you're in just because there's so much going on right now. And I, I just think that, you know, at a certain level, um, it, it's our due diligence for everyone to keep challenging the way we're working, the way we're doing things, the way we can better service our clients. Um, and even, you know, in their own industries, how they can, can better or how they can be a change maker in that industry and, and how we can help them do that. So just not, not getting comfortable, just continue challenging everything. <laughs> All right. Keep, keep pushing and, and don't get comfortable with status quo because eventually you'll get disrupted and then that causes a whole bunch of other uh, challenges that'll lead up to you. So. Yeah. And, and it takes long before something can actually change. So just, you know, realizing that there's a change that needs to be made, I think is the first step, but sometimes we don't, we only see it once it's been disrupted, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely <laughs> attest to that. So, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Julie, how can uh, people get a hold of you and if they want to work with uh, OMD Montreal? Uh, so they can go on our website, which is omd.com, and if ever they want any more information on me, uh, they can check my website, which is juliecarbone.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Julie. I've been speaking with Julie Carbone, who's the Associate Director of Strategy at OMD Montreal. Uh, Julie, c'était un plaisir sincère et, et merci beaucoup pour uh, votre temps aujourd'hui. Wow, merci. Je savais pas que tu parlais français. Alors, si. We, we <laughs> could have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Have a great day. Thank you, too. Bye. Bye.